Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about how a GM role plays exotic creatures, Saul says. Yes, exotic things. Yes, creatures, gods, aliens, and creatures. So when role playing something completely, what, I guess, alien is a good one, strange creature in, R- in RPG games, it's always, uh, for me, it's always something I want to role play a little bit different than, let's say, the shopkeeper. Yes, Barney, the recruit to the city guard, right? You know, those those are going to be role played differently between each other, but then on a totally different level, you have this entity, whatever it is, you know. Zeus. <laughs> yes, Zeus. That's a good one. Well, luckily for you Ooh. and all GMs, oh. you it's not like a a playing field you're just stepping onto and have no idea what you're doing because you've been seeing this in science fiction books, movies, Star Trek since forever. Right. That's when true. I mean forever, I mean my lifetime at least and obviously before in books and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, and you're right because I have seen Star Trek since I was a little kid and that's probably the first, you know, one to tackle strange alien things, right? Oh, and we just were watching something. This last week was Star Trek Day, which I heard on YouTube was a flop, but I watched all of the stuff on it, so there you go. Um, which was the the anniversary, September 8th, the anniversary of the first airing of Star Trek. Oh, that's what it, I didn't know what it was for, but yeah, I thought it was a strange date. One of my favorite episodes, and we saw it, uh, I saw it in, when I was watching that, was the one with the Horta. Yes, I forget something in the dark, right? Uh, yeah, Devil in the Dark or yes, something. Yes, the Devil in the Dark. And when when you first brought this episode up to me, that was one of the first things I thought about, how Spock had to communicate with um, the Horta using tele- telepathy or mind melding with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And since it was a strange creature, it was really hard for him and hurt him when he did it. Yes. yes. So so when you said, how do you role play creatures, an alien. an alien, that was one of the first things I thought of. So you have an idea from all of these people who have done it before you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when, just an aside, I didn't know it was Star Trek Day, and I don't know why there was so much Star Trek stuff going on. And I don't know what, what do you mean. I don't know what you mean by flop, but they, uh, we were watching somebody interview a couple of people. One was uh, George Takai and Gene Roddenberry Jr. or something. Rod, Ron, Rod, Rod, Roddenberry. Rod Roddenberry. Anyway, and so I thought it was very interesting that they mentioned Devil in the Dark because that is one of the episodes when I was a kid that really stuck in my head. There was so many, you know, because I, I watched them and watched them over and over again because they were, they were on reruns all the time, right? I think they were back in back when I was a kid. There was uh, Star Trek was an hour show, right? Yes. So uh, I think it was either at five o'clock or six o'clock they would show it, right? Because the news was at five, and then between f- let's say six and eight o'clock before prime time started, there was nothing. It was always reruns, reruns of different shows, right? So I remember they had Star or Trek or game shows like game Match. Shows. Matchbox? I don't know. Yeah, I guess they had those in the afternoon. But in like in that pre-primetime era, yeah, yeah. 
time period, those two hours, they would put like movies at six o'clock. Now you've lost every millennial yes, and, and Gen yeah. Z that's ever been there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> way back in the machine, in the way back machine, we didn't have a choice of what we watched other than what channel to watch. And when, when I was a kid, we had four channels. Well, we had three, so you had, lucky. you know, the ABC, NBC, and the CBS affiliate, whichever one that was. And if we were lucky... We, you know, on a good day, we could get independent station channel 36 out of San Jose. Which meant you had to switch to UA. UHF, yes. And then you had all these little tiny things to turn. <laughs> Going way back. So anyway, so it was, it was we were really, you know, didn't have. We watched to, whatever was on reruns. Right. Like I watched Gilligan's Island and yes. the Brady Bunch for years. Yeah, I didn't Bunch. know that it was reruns when I was a kid. I just, it was just. No, I didn't know there were reruns either. And Star Trek, we watched when I was little. Yes, all the time. So, so there was this time period where where Star Trek and all these shows would come on, and I remember we'd watch them, and and it didn't matter if we had seen them once or twice or five times because there was we just watched it because it was all there was. So you're television. proving my idea that that these are the kind of shows that get into your psyche if you're like us, and <laughs> they show you a way to to role play things that right. are not human right. or are gods or whatever correct and then there was another episode that dealt with the gods remember those people who were gods yes. on that one, yeah. one one planet was it it wasn't it wasn't zeus was it apollo was one of the gods one of the greek gods and you know and star trek and this crew of the star trek enterprise go there and get involved and and it was very interesting. It was always very interesting uh, ways they portrayed different things. And I think that's where, I, you're right, that's probably where my source of my ideas come from is a lot of it, unfor- you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it's Star Trek, you know, because some of the, you know, some of the shows were good and some of them were really, really good. And some of them were like, okay. But anyway, so I think you're right. You get them from books. You, I would get my ideas from books, from TV shows, movies even, you know, m- more more often than from anywhere else. I mean, I don't know where else you're going to get the idea. But for, for me, you know, when I first come up with something that is that powerful or that strange, you know, I always think, you know, I hate the sound. boss that Augustine, Augustine would say. The bo- oh, no, no, okay, maybe the boss. But I always think, and I hate to sound like some method cliche. actor. Cliché? Or a cliché is, what's my monster's or creature's motivation? Well, when it comes to gods and dragons, and, and Saul has, has brought dragons into our adventures quite often. In fact, recently in Shadowrun, we uh, we sat down and ate dinner with a dragon. And then we had to go on an adventure with him. We were trying to save him from some bad guys. Well, we haven't completed that. Yes, I know. And we ha- we were in the middle of, of, a, <laughs> of an adventure with him. So we don't actually know what's going to happen. But he he portrayed him in a way that I knew it was a dragon. I told everybody else it was a dragon. Well, he didn't come across, he didn't outwardly come out and say that he was a dragon. No. Right. That's what I'm trying to, I just want to make sure that the listeners know that because if they, you know, if I came forward, this is dragon, sure dragon makes a lot, uh, <laughs> then you would know. But he was portraying himself as a businessman. A very quirky businessman. Yes. So exactly. So so what what is the motivation of the being that is being encountered I kind of equate this to the little kid with the ant idea that I was telling Jolene earlier. So a little kid with an ant, you know, I don't know if you've ever been near ants as a little kid, 
But you, I've been, I've been, you know, I have, you know, I've looked at ads and, and some kids have been even weirder and burn them with magnifying glasses and stuff. I've never really done that. I've always kind of like, like there was one time there was these ants, you know, walking in a trail and they were carrying stuff, right? I'm like, whoa, they're, they're like super strong. They were carrying these big old pieces of bread or whatever they were carrying. And I was like, and I was trying to see where they were going and following them. So as a kid watching ants, you're the god or the alien or the dragon looking at ants, the PCs, and you're just fascinated by these little creatures, right? And my a- analogy with that is that not me, a little kid me, because I was actually a very kind-hearted little kid. But there's other kids out there that, like I said, <laughs> you hear the stories of them b- whipping out the old magnifying glass, burning them and stuff. And so my idea is, as a little kid, you know, you're fascinated with the ants, you're interested in the ants, and you're looking at the ants. And then, you know, as your curiosity fades... You just get up and walk away? You just walk away. Or, if you're a particular kind of kid, you just smash the ant. Like, yeah, just to see what happens. Just because you can. Just because you can. So, the ant analogy doesn't quite fit because the kid and the ant can't talk to each other. But in, in certain situations... The dragon, the alien, sometimes the god can, well, the god definitely could communicate with this ant creature. And and that's interesting, that, that kind of a conversation. Can you, can you imagine yourself talking to an ant? Like, hey. Actually, I can, but. <laughs> I well, that's what you do. I, would, I think I did talk to the ants. They didn't talk back, <laughs> but I did talk to them. Oh, as a little kid, yeah, yeah. No, I never talked to them. But, but, but if, if communication could be established. And you're asking them questions, and you know, and and for whatever reason, either either by curiosity, or maybe as a god, or as an alien, or as a dragon. Well, you don't even have to go that far. Just say you're a giant, the king of the giants, right? When we played in that adventure, when the giants are so much bigger than humans, right? They don't True. really care about. They don't need to care. They don't have to care about <laughs> humans, right? Yes. They just can just swat them out of the way. Yes. And how do you prevent them from being swatted, your characters from being swatted? You be very kind and you ask the giants what they want you to do. Unless they're hill giants and they want to eat you, then you run away. <laughs> or kill them. So let, back to the ant analogy. The the kid is talking to the ant and the ant is talking back. So that's, to me, that's, the, that's what it is to have that conversation. Now the problem with the ant is that he does not comprehend this being that is huge and thunderous voice talking to him and can't possibly imagine what that kid is up to and just like a kid is chaotic you know like kids can be kind of crazy uh, i've been a kid i was kind of crazy they're they're unpredictable right you know for, for to me the cla- i hate to go back no he's star going trek, back again to star trek this time the next generation which is not my favorite generation whatever a favorite show but actually, I've grown to like it much better than when I first saw it, which I didn't really watch it when it first came out. But regardless, in that show, there's a creature or a being called Q. Now, Q is uh, is uh, is volatile. He is, you know, he's all kinds of things. He, let me think in my notes here. He's immortal. He, well, he's immortal, which is godlike. You know, he's quirky. He's vengeful. He's strange. He's funny. And well, one thing he is is predictable, right? Because you never know what he's going to do. Except, you know, you know he's not going to, like, kill off the Star Trek crew. 
Uh, sometimes yeah. he does. At the end of the show. Then he brings them back. Oh, yeah. That's right. Check, guys. So that's exactly, for me, that is a, a good example of how to play a god in one way, right? And even a dragon, because a dragon, you know, dragons and those creatures, those entities, I like to call them, they have motivations and they have reasons for communicating with humans or your party or your spacefaring group or whatever. They need to talk to you because they need to talk to the PCs because they need something, whether it's information or... Or, or they're they, just messing with you, like just Loki. With you. And yeah, or, or they, they just want something, right? They, right? they want something in return for their interaction from you. And so when I role play that kind of creature... I make them quirky. I make, you know, it's weird because you're right. I have played quite a few dragons in the games that you, I've ran for you guys. There was the dragon, golden dragon on the boat or on the island. And, you, you know, they ran across. They were, I think that was Storm King's Thunder. They were looking for something. And they came across this island and there was this, like, old shack on this rocky, kind of like where a lighthouse would be type of island. And so they, they, they go to shore and they talk to him and they find that he's just strange, right? I don't know how, I don't remember how I played him, but they knew something was up with this guy, you know, the the, the players. His and, name was Bob. <laughs> was that, maybe that was a problem, but that was it, right? Because he had, he had been on that island for a long time. He had very little interaction with people or anything. And so when they asked him his name, he didn't want to reveal his real name. So, and then he... He was like, uh, what is it, surprised by that question. And so he came out with the first name that he could think of. and Which was Saul coming out with the first name he could think of. Well, it was a little bit of both. But I've, I've intentionally said Bob because it's such a weird name in the world of Forgotten Realms. Right? It was like, right. It was, I don't know if that's a real name in, in <laughs> Forgotten Realms. Sir Robert, maybe. But anyway, so the characters all look at each other going, Oh, I mean, that's just a strange name. And then, it, you know, they quickly surmised that he was more than he seemed appeared to be. To be yeah, yes. appeared to be. But we were playing in Storm's King Thunder. Everything was more than it appeared to be. It was a strange uh, 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 adventure because of the uh, the situation, you know, the dragons. And well, and giants. it's not only your dragons and gods that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of, like, when you play in a space game, how do you portray aliens, like, you're not going to, you don't have to do anything as a xenomorph. Xenomorphs don't have to talk, right? They just Correct. eat you. Yes. And scare you. Well, alien, alien, <laughs> and the alien, yeah, they're very, uh, what is it? Their, their motivation is very well known and there's not much interaction, like trying to convince them of not eating you or making you into a host. But other aliens. I remember when Felipe played an alien just as a player in uh, a Tecamo game. Oh, okay. That the alien that's totally alien and not human. Oh yeah, the uh, Agoria, something like that. Yeah, and he showed but, me a picture of it, and it's like, like three legged thing, and yeah, it's, three it looks thing. like a, a tripod thing <laughs> walking around. Which yes. comes, which brings me to what about not automatons, but um, robots, robots or artificial intelligence. Yes, yes. Well, you know, just. <laughs> because uh, this uh not too long ago <laughs> they asked uh, uh alien uh, artificial intelligence alien artificial intelligence to to answer a few questions and it wrote an article 
it, you can look it up. I forget, I forget what it was, but but AI writes an article and they posted this article, and it talks about not being afraid of alien intelligence destroying humanity. So it was very weird and very unsettling at the same time. <laughs> and though he, and though the AI promised that there was no reason for the AI to kill humanity or end humanity. It left the door open for that. It was weird. So, I mean, that is a perfect, you know, that was a, you know, if go read that, find that article. I'm sure you can Google it easily and read that, what that AI wrote. Or if you have three hours to kill, you could watch Space Odyssey 2001. (laughs) Space Odyssey 2001? Well, you don't like that movie. I hate that movie. (laughs) (laughs) But it explains to me why I don't trust artificial intelligence. Or, yeah. Is Hal artificial intelligence? Uh, yeah, kind of. I guess he, well, he was a computer. He was, I don't know about, yeah, Hal was, uh, I think, artificial intelligence at, for the time. Or it, it, That was a really interesting movie, and it was very, they try to make it. It was horrible. They try it was to make long it, and boring. <laughs> they try to make it realistic as as far as, as much as they could. If you really like that movie, I apologize, but it is a I've movie, sat through it like three times and those are hours I can never get back and my son loves the the thing maybe cause, only because I was like in serious pain while the last time he made me watch it when were you watching it it was pain from watching it oh <laughs> that's terrible so so so, so but when, when when we talk about aliens yes. or playing an alien yeah and I I like to think about Babylon 5 Mm, yeah. I know that not everybody likes to think about Babylon 5 but it was I, one we, of my we favorite like shows show. we like that show quite and a bit. also just the idea of you know star wars where they go into the 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 canteen the cantina the cantina and there's all those aliens oh yeah that, those look pretty cool yeah those are ideas i get but i've never really played had to to do that do play aliens before. right so what i do is i figure out what the motivation of the creature is whatever it is so it's just part of your plot right and then from there i just make them very strange you know i make i try to make them aloof at times you know distracted is another one because for me they're like they're in this on one level they're here talking to the pcs on another level they're like well should i eat them or should i just zap them out of existence because they're boring me right just like that little kid playing with the ants so i think if ants could talk Many of them would probably suffer less from little kids. Okay, so now I'm scared of his NPCs. I just got to tell you right now. <laughs> That's well, I think it's I think it's an interesting idea. How do you how are you going to portray these these characters that you've created? But I think it basically comes down to because you're human and we are playing with other humans, you're going to end up giving them human characteristics. Oh, it's like and I'll go back to Star Trek, is like <laughs> Klingons versus humans. Klingons or Ferengi versus humans. They're different aspects of us, of, of humanity, right? Right. Even the gods, we give them um, Mars or we give them, he's the god of war, right? Right. What's his other name? Hades. No, no Hades, Hades is, is the world. Yes. Who's the other god of war? Oh, the Greek god and Roman god. I forget who the... Mars is the one I remember. <laughs> okay. So there's all those all of those things. You're right. And I, I think that's one way you could do it is, is, is look at it from a, a aspect or a, 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 a slice of human 
personality or traits, right? Like like you said, Ferengi are greedy, they're selfish, and something or other. Those are all aspects of humanity. Where Klingons are are about honor, about strength. Uh, I don't know how else you would describe a Klingon. Warlike. Warlike. Uh, yeah, fierce, uh, territorial in a mm, sense. I don't know about macho. Masculine. No, because no. they like hitting each other. <laughs> Like, you know, like, I still remember, for example, you know, uh, I, I hate to go back to Star Trek. Well, we're talking about Klingon, so this is Star Trek. So remember when Riker goes to the Klingon ship? Yes, yes. And at one point, the, the basically, the, the mission is over, right? He goes to the Klingon ship as a second in command, right? Mm-hmm. And so the captain leaves the ship, I believe, and, and, and another new captain or a new a new second person comes to forward, and uh, and he he's he's supposed to leave the bridge and so but being the clean on culture he, he he doesn't like growl at the new guy or something so the new guy punches him right then he leaves it was showing how Riker had learned about clean on culture that you just don't step down you have to be pushed off your your position or your where you're going to be to be honorable because you don't want to see as being weak by giving up so I thought it was a real interesting episode, and, and there's a lot of stuff like that that you can you can glean from, especially Star Trek and the, and the shows where they deal with aliens and interactions with different beings. And I think it's pretty good. Like I said, you know, I usually make my dragons quirky. They're not, you know, they're not always like I'm gonna eat you. You know, they're like mm. you know they're, they're, they're they look at the characters with curiosity, and because of that, they don't eat the characters right away or burn them up into little crisps no matter how hungry or uh, uh, upset they are that you woke them up i think for me the key to playing something that that is so alien is to be very strange in the way they talk so when the dragon that you that you guys encountered in shadow run he was portraying himself as a businessman Oh, his the, idea of a businessman. Yes, his idea of a business. Exactly. Which he, he had no idea of what a businessman <laughs> was. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was trying to portray. Because he was a businessman. You know, he was portraying himself as a businessman. And the players knew after a little, little interaction of, of him during the dinner that he wasn't business-like at all. And he was very strange. And he acted very strangely. And he was before he would answer, he, he would talk to himself about the answer that he was going to give in front of the characters and they're like what is wrong with this guy and then and then they you know they were doing well, all- I, actually we weren't like what is wrong with this dry- <clears throat> guy we were trying to figure out what this guy is and what right. he wants right exactly uh-huh. and then i don't know how uh, how long it took for you guys to figure out well i have not divulged whether he's a dragon or not but yes he has he has divulged him that he was a dragon no yeah Oh, did he? I don't remember. I don't know if he did, but we figured. Oh it yeah, out. you guys figured out something strange about him because he exuded uh, uh, like a, a lot, a, a lot of magic or a lot of whatever you call it. I don't Charisma. Know. Yeah, there's that, but there's some. Uh, anyway, so that's what I did. I made him quirky. I made him like not really care about stuff that was would be important to a business person, a businessman. Uh, he was play, playing a man, and so you know they would ask him questions, and he would like take time to answer. And then he would say things like, oh, yeah, that's that's the right answer. Like if you're trying to convince somebody that you're su- such and such, you don't come up with this idea that, yeah, that's the right answer I should give you. And you're not going to vocalize it. And he was vocalizing all that. He was making himself very uh, – and then he would talk to himself a little bit. And so you know he, they knew he wasn't right. But it wasn't that he wasn't like – he was mental. 
or he was you know had some uh what is it mental m- mental disorder that he had multiple personalities or something he was just trying to figure out what was going on with the characters and what they thought because well i'm gonna tell you a little secret because he had recently awoken right and so he didn't really know what was going on in the world other than what he was he was exposed to that he had kind of realized you know the, the short time that he had been awake and in that short time he was able to amass quite a bit of money and it was was uh, but he was working secretly because there was other dragons who had been awoken earlier and had a little upper hand so he's trying to deal with the situation of not raising an alarm to other dragons cuz you know they'd probably want to kill him okay you can stop talking because other people listen to this podcast <laughs> that are playing in that game well i mean I, I, I don't think i divulge too much about the situation but anyway so that's the situation and and that's why I play them quirky. I play, you know, almost every alien or I play them strangely, right? You know, and that's a good way of doing it. You know, uh, it keeps the characters, the players wondering what's going on. It keeps them wondering what the motivations of this creature is. And and I think as long as you got that going on with your players, that is a good way to run the game. And that's a good way to portray something, an entity that is you know beyond understanding to human people and it's also a good way if you don't do voices and stuff like you know how people are always saying that you should make your npcs memorable and right give them special have each one of them talk a different way and and that kind of thing so if you're if you don't really do that by playing it as as quirky it gives it that kind of a uh, flavor, right? That's true. It makes them distinct. Yeah. Well, and and make sure. You, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to play them like totally wacky. Yeah, yeah. Though you can because you know that they are creatures that are kind of beyond understanding. Because if they're immortal, they they don't realize they don't think about human. They don't think in the timeline that humans do. If they are powerful, the same thing. They don't look at things as as being unable to do. They just like. Like they they don't understand why humans do certain things, right? Or they do understand and don't care. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's perfect, perfect. So when you're when you are creating your games, whether it be a D and D game or even a, a modern game, if you're going to bring gods or or aliens into it, or a futuristic game, a sci-fi game. Well, yeah, an AI, like you said, an AI, or just just people from other planets that aren't human. Correct. Aliens. And um, I don't know that you can actually role play a xenomorph, but, you know. An alien from Alien. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You don't really have to. You can just say the one's there and everyone's scared to death anyway. So, trying to get away from it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah, role playing the alien from Alien is probably not not uh, what we're talking about, but maybe... You but know. role playing the the AI from Alien yes. is what he's talking about, right? So th- those things, I think you could look at at what the creature wants and what they want from the players, and go from there. And then you know, come from at an angle that the players don't expect, or an angle that, or a, a strange uh, a method that they're thinking about. You know, think of a weird way of trying to get what you want out of the players. And not be the straightforward, just straightforward transaction, or ask for something that's strange. It it will be it won't be like a straightforward transaction between the PCs and the and the and the creature that is 
that you're playing. That you're role playing, yeah. I think uh, I think Jolene is, is probably has gave us the best uh, information or best source in Star Trek or any show that has a lot of alien interactions with the uh, with the main characters of the show. Not only Star Trek, Star Wars. If you're talking about sci-fi shows, there's Babylon Five. Babylon Five, yeah, that's true. There's also books. People have read lots of books, and yeah. there's lots of movies and all kinds of books are usually where most of us start with. I, I always think of it as, as an aspect of, of a different aspect of humanity, right? Right. Whatever it is. Because I'm not sure I can figure out what a how to play something without an aspect of humanity well, no, in it. Because yeah. we're human, right? So <laughs> We can only uh, understand what... We can only do what we know. Yes. So think about it. Figure out how you want to do it. And have maybe fun. it'll add some interesting ideas to your adventure right i think anytime i've done that and i and i've done it well uh, for me done doing it well is the players really being intrigued about what this thing is or this and having fun person. and having fun of course and then the big thing is when they figure it out right you know they're really happy that they figured something out i think that's the best way to role play uh, a creature is uh, being able to role play them in a the sense that the players are are able sooner or later to figure out what is going on. And I think uh, then, you know, you have a, a real fun NPC and fun game to, to to run in and play in. So there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.